Good morning, everyone. We're going to be hopping on here with Reverend Eric Swanson soon. Ben is coming on right now. Today, I've been drinking my bourbon yellow honey. Ben, what are you drinking today? I'm drinking some connected cup. I'm actually just about finishing doing my pour over. So I have my little pour over set right next to me. And mm -hmm. You fancy. Oh, yeah. I see Preacher Swanson's on. Okay, let me see if I can. There we go. He's coming on in. How's it going? How are we doing? Good. How about you guys? Doing well. Got our coffee, so we're all good and set. <laughs> nice. What kind of coffee are you drinking? Honestly, I don't know. My wife brewed it this morning, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Hopefully some good. Yeah, it is. So, Eric, we got obviously introduced through, to you by Greta. So I've been friends with Greta since I don't even know. It's been a long time. Um, basically, we grew up the same childhood church. Um, but something kind of I wanted to talk to you about is something I think Brittany and I have noticed. And just like kind of going through up, growing up in church. Like when I was younger, I always just, as soon as we got into church, we'd come in like 20 minutes early, right? And all the old people would just be chilling by the coffee and just always conversating just over the coffee as close as possible. And I'm like, even like when I was little, I just noticed this and I was like, what is going on? Like <laughs> people are just obsessed with coffee, you know? And even now, like one of the first things when Brayden and I get to church is we'll um, go pour ourselves a cup of coffee and then, you know, maybe have a conversation if we get early enough. Uh, otherwise, we'll head up to the worship center. But like, what is, what do you think coffee has a role within ministry or within church? Just because it's obviously it's widely used. And what are you just like, I don't know, I guess broad thoughts to start. Oh, man. Um, yes. First off, you're right. And I know what church you guys uh, went to because I know Greta and I grew up in Moline as well. So I was okay. at the other Methodist church in town uh, growing up. And uh, uh, yes, we drank gallons of coffee every single <laughs> Sunday. And I brew gallons of coffee now every single Sunday. Yeah. Um, and I think for a lot of people, like coffee is this... Um, permission slip almost it's a it's a permission slip to the dining room table like when i think about coffee i think about like my great grandparents used to watch me when i was a little kid and my great grandpa got me started with coffee at like three years old um and he would have been like not one of those yeah he wasn't the old church lady he was the old church guy uh that you know just came and sat down and expected uh that cup to be there no matter what time of day it was no matter where you were at and um, for me as a kid, when I had him give me that cup of coffee, and it was like barely brown coffee, more milk than coffee. Uh, sorry about the dog here. Oh, you're good. <laughs> um, but it was kind of him, his acceptance to that table and the conversation that would be following it and all those pieces. 
So then you fast forward that a little bit, and then you get that at church for some younger people. That's the table of acceptance where you are building community. And then for a lot of people, coffee is um, kind of that warm reminder of that. It's that invitation into something that's supposed to be special. Mm -hmm. At least that's yeah. the, the 35,000 church view of it. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It is kind of like that warm just even the warmth of coffee like within like obviously the heat of it right when you're just holding it it does feel inviting for conversation mm -hmm. and we always like when i was growing up in high school and greta i think greta for sure came to some of them in college but me and my buddies we did like a bible study and we'd usually do it over a cup of coffee some we'd meet at a coffee shop it's something like i've always associated um for a while now like growing in my faith with coffee mm -hmm. um just because it does seem to be a tool to allow us to go into some deeper conversation or to open people up a little quicker um just because i think there's studies out there that if you have something like coffee in your hand it does make you feel a lot more comfortable to share um mm -hmm. so i do find that really interesting and and I know, like, I think I've talked to some pastors in the past. It's just like, they're like, oh, man, yeah, I know. Like, we got to have so much coffee at church because everyone's obsessed with coffee. And it's almost, do you think that, um, uh, I don't know if it's like the right words, like obsession level, is that, can that be almost a distraction in, for like, your, in your viewpoint? Oh, yeah, I could see how anything can become a distraction. Uh, yeah. Like, it, when you think about it on the Sunday level here, um, having good, like, I'm actually pretty obsessed about making sure we have decent coffee at church. Mm -hmm. uh, we we use the b big, massive brewers that you've got. You know, they're not the best thing. I know you, I heard one of you saying you were doing a pour over this morning, trying to finish that yeah. up, you know, um, preferred method there as well. But, um, you know, you do what you got to do, but you make sure that it's still good quality. You make sure that... Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> not her morning attention <laughs> oh, oh yeah that's so funny but um <laughs> um you make sure that you've got good quality um you know cups good quality coffee that's made and put out in a decent way because it's hospitality you know mm -hmm. when you look at the scriptures you you see all these examples where poor hospitality was like considered a sin um it was considered um, socially taboo and if we're not providing good hospitality then what are we doing um, yeah so i think mm -hmm. a lot of people in churches coffee is actually one of the easiest ways to create a sense of hospitality um because most people like if you offer them a cup of coffee if they're going to have it they're going to sit down and they're going to uh, have that cup of coffee in their hand and join you and feel like you've again invited them to that table so that they can hear from you and and listen to you and and find out what relationally you can share together hmm yeah think, yeah again you could get it carried away you know we don't have baristas in our church we're not doing a bunch of pour overs and lattes but yeah know. yeah i mean I like how you kind of mentioned the hospitality aspect and like a lot of it kind of, we were talking with like a documentarian that we partnered with mm -hmm. and she's like traveled to nine different countries, you know, meeting different people about 
coffee and tea and how it connects people. Yeah. And like hospitality is such a huge thing around coffee and tea is like you go into someone's home and in order to make you feel welcome, like at, at their table, like you say, they give you like a coffee and a tea kind of automatically. And it kind of warms you up, makes you feel at home. And I kind of like that feeling at church too, because you don't want to go in cold. You want to feel receptive to God's word and receptive to meeting other people. And mm. it kind of just like warms you up a bit, metaphorically and literally. So, exactly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And someone's saying kind of like coffee is like the modern uh, communion, as in like commun- um, communion of saints. So, I think they're kind of saying just like within community, right? So, it's a, a tool to drive community and bring people together to have over. Um, so, that's totally agree. I think that is. And uh, yeah, I mean, so to your point about like, it's welcoming within hospitality and how it's an easy way for churches to be able to do so. Right. To like you were saying, just like offer coffee. It's um, offer somebody a cup of coffee. It's a good way to start being hospitable. And it's almost starting to, when you, I feel like offer a gift because it, it's kind of like a gift in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you're like starting to build that trust. So it's interesting how it can like almost start, because within church, obviously, trust is super important. Um, and being able to see see God and be able to learn from somebody, and obviously, you're going to probably have to trust them. Um, so it starts at the door in a sense of feeling welcomed, feeling invited, um, you know, feeling like it's an open space to be able to ask questions. And maybe that partially starts with, you know, obviously, maybe a handshake at the door, but ends up part of the equation being um, a cup of coffee, too. I mean, obviously, not everybody's a coffee drinker, but it is uh, definitely part of it, which is very interesting. Um, Like, just when you think of, like, all the different little levels of just how to have people warmed up and, like, fruitful for conversation and ready to listen is... I think it's sometimes a bigger task than people um, really think um, or expect just because especially in today's like world, I think it can be very tough. Everyone's very nervous to open up um, just because or they're nervous what to say um, just because they're afraid someone's going to take it the wrong way or misdrew something they say. Um, so I think that's something that's, uh, very interesting how coffee could maybe help feel people a little bit more comfortable with asking questions or um, yeah, just having conversations within church or those deeper level conversations, maybe in Bible study. Definitely. You know, um, about 13, 14 years ago, I moved to Peoria in the Methodist system for anyone who doesn't know who's paying attention, the pastor to get moved around bishops that says jump. We ask how high type thing. And I got moved to uh, Peoria First Methodist as an associate. And the first thing I got asked to do there was to evaluate the possibility of our church building a coffee shop, like legit buying a building, building one. And um, I actually shot it down and someone else built the exact same, like blueprints as ours in the exact same spot, except for the coffee bars on the other wall. Um, And they're doing great. Uh, I love it. Um, I go buy a lot of their coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, even to this day. And um but what it was was the idea of third place ministry. 
And if you don't know what it is, first place is your home. Second place is your vocation. Third place is where you hang out, right? So third place is the coffee shop. It's the local pub. Uh, like you guys had that uh, beer uh, last night that you guys were mm -hmm. using. That's awesome. I love that. Uh, one of my favorite beers is a coffee beer. Um, nice. Uh, Sweet. But um, that third place ministry was to meet people where they feel most comfortable already. Right. Uh, and church is that for a lot of people. It is their third place. Um, and so when we offer coffee, when we offer hospitality, um, we're offering them a sense of the security and safety of that third place. And you kept using the word like to listen. And as a preacher, I talk a lot. I hope people listen, not fall asleep, that kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, I, I started with the imagery of like the dining room table, you know, of that first cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. And that dining room table equalizes people, right? It, it says, you know, I've been accepted. And oftentimes what I'm trying to create in the culture and the hospitality I'm bringing is not that you're coming in and finding somebody who's better than you or somebody who knows more than you that you're going to listen to necessarily. Um, but an opportunity to be welcomed at that table, accepted at that table and um, considered an equal at that table. Mm -hmm. and I, yeah, think, I think coffee helps with that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we go to Calvary church in Moline um, <laughs> and they, yeah. Oh, I forget the names, but there was a couple that's living in was it Turkey, right? Turkey, right? Yeah. yeah, and they did a speech about um, they were hoping to start a coffee shop there to help basically do what you're saying to build that community, have that communal space within Turkey. Um, I forget which city. I'm sure it was the biggest city um, in Turkey, but yeah, it was I like thought university it was, too. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought that was really just unique. They were wanting to bring because i guess there's a lot of like um it's really hip for like in turkey or in some european countries for like american style type coffee shops etc um yeah and they're hoping to do that to basically bring the community you're kind of talking about that space where people can hang out and have conversations and uh you know grow together um so it's very interesting because people probably want to not always think like church and coffee right away yet it is a space to hang out it is a space to have conversations over um which i think is very interesting and and that kind of brings us uh to another point that we wanted to talk about was like reaching people specifically young people mm -hmm. with the word and it's like you know the world is changing very fast yeah i know like my parents tell me all the time like this world is changing quicker than we know than we know it and it's like how 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 well is the traditional church location bringing young people in and teaching them the word of god and what christianity is about and how can we utilize other platforms and other people to do so um because if you go into a lot of churches you know, the average age is something pretty high. Um, yep. So just talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so when I, 
I'll go back to that story of that third place ministry. I got asked to start. Um, mm -hmm. The directing pastor had us looking into it. It's going to be like a $3 million gut a building, redo it type thing. And I, I told him we, we should do it. it um, instead, we should hope and partner with somebody else who would do it because I didn't want to create artifice, right? I didn't want to do this coffee shop without the passion of doing a coffee shop. Right? right. It's going to fail and it's going to actually not do the ministry we want to do. Instead, I'd rather somebody who's a passionate coffee person and meet people who want to mm -hmm. be in a coffee shop, but still have deep, meaningful conversations of faith. Um, right. So instead, that's what we did. We, we partnered with local coffee shops and went there, spent our money there instead of spending money to be their competition. Um, <laughs> yeah, and in church right now, like you talk about the the traditional structure and the traditional uh, facilities and the general age of church, and you're right. You know, like statistics don't lie. Go go do math for five seconds. Um, and our congregations are older by and large. To reach younger people, um, you have to be able to invite them into that again that safe space that comfortable space and you have to go and meet them where they are initially mm -hmm. so if they're at your shop that's where i want to meet them um i want to meet them where they are so that they might join me on that journey and that journey will lead to going back to the coffee shop but then going into the church when they're trusting and secure and comfortable mm -hmm. um so, yeah the original church model was that um, I just talked to some folks about Priscilla and Aquila. When you read about them, uh, when Paul meets them, they meet because they're commonly leather workers, right? Paul had a vocational trade. We forget that besides just a pastor evangelist. Um, he, he built tents. He worked with leather. And when he did his ministry, oftentimes he would first go to the synagogue, then he would go to the the streets and he would sell his wares and he would talk to people there and he was very effective there and those were two individuals that he met there it changed their lives and they became great church leaders in the future yeah hmm. yeah it's interesting it is really i mean i like what you said like about meeting someplace somebody where they're at right mm -hmm. just because it's i mean it is a journey like your faith journey is a hundred percent it's obviously we have our own path and um, obviously God has designed a path for each of us, right? A plan. And, you know, we may hop on at some point um, at different times uh, throughout our life. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's interesting how I think it can be some people get pushed away because they aren't being met where they're at. They're trying to be met like five I'm steps from now. Dragged where the other mm -hmm. that where the christian person's at yeah so, yeah I, yeah i think your term dragged is like spot on man uh, yeah. i think <laughs> well, i think a lot of people are afraid of that they're like yeah. oh, oh man i'm gonna have to like uh dress nicer stop swearing um you know give yeah. up watching whatever my favorite binge tv show is uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and christianity does require a certain elevated moral compass and a relational ministry. But the beautiful thing I tell people is that God meets us where we are constantly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, he does. And it's like, 
you you make those steps when you come to it. It's not an all at once type thing of let's say you're going to stop watching a certain show or whatever, you know, whatever it is or stop cursing or something. I have no idea. Um, (laughs) But you know, it's like you said, it's not all at once anyways. It's um, it's kind of a slow progression. Right. And I think it's really cool. I always enjoyed like when we met at a coffee shop for Bible study, just talking about, or just even with a friend, just in general, it doesn't have to be like an organized group going or with a pastor just about talking about faith, talking about God. And because you feel like it's, it's an open space in some of these like coffee shops, like you're saying of how you went to these different cafes within your area and spent your money there um, to grow community and be a part of the community. And I think it's like looking at having a conversation in the coffee shop almost feels like it's, like like I said, open space, you feel like everyone's just having conversations. So you're probably more likely to have a conversation anyways, because that's what everyone's doing there. And everyone associates coffee shop with conversation. Um, but also it's cool just because it's like for you guys doing that, it's helping build a bigger community for you guys too, right? Or you're being part of a larger community that you guys are operating within um within you know the city of peoria and everything um so that's super cool um we were investing in the community yeah if you want your church to thrive you invest in your community you and you see a lot of churches do that and like the church i'm at now i'm in pekin and uh, which is just outside peoria and like we have a huge food pantry it's going to be open today you know we're going to give out three tons literally three tons worth of food um in about an hour and then we're gonna, uh, you know, we're gonna be open up last night to the kids of the neighborhood. Uh, we have a program for that. Uh, and that's great. You know, we can use our facility smartly like that. But at the same time, if I'm not helping you thrive in your business, um, and I'm just insular in how I'm choosing to, to help my community, then I'm, I'm not really owning and being a part of the community. So for sure. Yeah. I recently heard a quote from someone who's like a head at C12. Um, and it's kind of like a Christian, a Christian business consulting company. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, like a shoemaker doesn't honor God by writing scripture on all their shoes. They honor God by making great shoes. And that kind of goes like with making a great coffee shop with great coffee. Like we're honoring God in the way that we treat people and the way we, you know, put passion into our product and whatnot. And then the fact that we're Christian and we can maybe talk to someone about those things along the way. Yeah. You don't have to like come out and have scripture all over the place. And like, cause then it just gets preachy. It gets like, you know, kind of like the, this is, I'm, I'm a big Christian guy type thing. So, yeah. You, if you have to like stamp it on every single thing you do, then you're probably not living your faith. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I hate to say it that way, but like, if you have to brand everything as like every coffee cup has to have the fish symbol on it and right. like that corny mm-hmm. just titled, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that brings up, it's cool is like with brain, what kind of you're saying and just like, so if you created a coffee shop, like you should be, creating and honoring God through the quality of coffee in the community that you're creating in that coffee shop. Yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of uh, the Christian community is almost lacking in the sense of 
we look at like a great example is Christian movies. Usually people just look at a Christian movie and be like, all right, that's going to be like They're terrible. Like, yeah. It's a B <laughs> film or a C film or something. Yeah. And we don't invest in showcasing, uh, you know, our gifts and our talents and honoring God through being some of the best people in whatever industry. Right. And, to be the place or to be the people to go to learn these different things. Cause that builds community. People want to learn from the best. They want to learn from, you know, high quality individuals. Um, so if you become that within the church and you grow a community and invest with that, whether it's in coffee, whether it's filmmaking or whatever, um, it's something I do think that the Christian community is kind of lacking is it's almost, I think we like go at it too much of an ease type thing and don't try to invest in what we or people in the church maybe are even doing. I don't know. Um, but it's, I think that'd be really cool if like the church could be known as the place to go learn these, you know, various things or whatever, because these people are awesome at it. And obviously not every church and every single city is going to be able to do that. Um, but you know, yeah. But but in their own way, right? Yeah. Like you guys you guys are brewing coffee and um roasting coffee and, and collaborating with people on actually very specific things. You're not doing a whole lot of things, but the things you're doing you're trying to do with excellence. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, in the long run. And and if every church found out what its niche work was, you know, what was its skills and did that with excellence and learn how to be that that inroad for that community into that space of excellence i think you'd see a lot of radical change uh, yeah absolutely I, how long did it take you guys to learn how to roast and how to get this coffee shop going to where it's at right now yeah so we actually have it roasted in bogota so our roaster is okay. a 2021 latin american roasting comp um champion so we don't really he, we let him do his thing. Um, that's even better. Honestly, that's yeah. even better. <laughs> yeah, he's um, a beast. Yeah, he's one of the top roasters in the world. So it's just kind of like, bro, you keep doing what you're doing. And, uh, like, it's it's beautiful to see, like, the amount of passion and art he puts into roasting. It's, like, he brings in science and art together, basically, to create the roast, essentially. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it's... We, so we launched this brand um, September 1st of last year. Mm -hmm. And Irvin, the founder, so he's a third-generation NASA native farmer. And he started it in 2017. So I met him at Luther College. And then basically, Braden and I and Travis, our other partner, we did a lot of marketing and branding before this. Um, and we talked to Irvin, and he ended up bringing us on as, you know, part equity owners. Um, to help kind of expand operations throughout the U.S. and Canada. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, since September 1st, I mean, we've grown quite a bit, which has been awesome. Um, and it's definitely beautiful to see. And that's something, like, kind of as we talked about, like, niches, that's something we're trying to hone more so into of who that exact consumer is, who that exact consumer looks like, like, what do they exactly look like, and what – problem are we solving for them um just because like you got to have that deeper meaning behind it obviously black rifles is there's 
community is super strong and they're very, you know, second amendment, um, a very America, um, type, type brand, which is cool. And then for us, it's like our coffee is really good. It's ranked like top 5% in the world. All of our coffees are. So it's awesome. We have all the ethical sourcing, all the sustainable farming, but, um, you know, what is that next level? And I think for us, it's human to human connection of having a cup of coffee with people and having conversation like this um, to grow on a deeper level with people. Um, just because with this ever changing world of like automation, obviously the pandemic hit, um, we lost a lot of human to human connection. And I think we it really showcased this last two years of how that's a skill um, that we can lose. Uh, for me, it felt really awkward to make a sales call uh, after it or um, yeah. just talk to people in general. And I would like to consider myself very social and more outgoing. So it's like, for me, it was weird to do again. But if that kind of goes to your point, basically, of kind of where we came from and where we're at now, it's it's been a lot for sure. And then um, we also want to find ways like Ben and I are both Christian and we want to find ways that we can kind of disciple through our businesses. Like yeah. we understand that we don't, nothing that we've created or own in our business is like really ours, like releasing it from God. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, we don't want to, you know, come out and be this like overpoweringly Christian organization. But at the same time, we just want people like, to know that and we want them to know that like the things that we do are an attempt to be God honoring and things like that trying to find that balance where in today's world it's like everybody's so touchy about it about religion and you know separation of business and and church and things like that (laughs) but like we think they can be integrated if we're good like in a good way I agree. Trust me, I'm I'm on your side here. Uh, obviously, I would hope you as a pastor. Uh, I hope so. Yeah. yeah. But but I think um, you know it, there's kind of two things that that hit on. One, like I talked about earlier, like the the honing your skills, right? So when you told me your, the the narrative arc here a little bit, you know, you've got the best roaster like in the world roasting your coffee. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Like he's using his gifts. Now you guys have marketing. You're using your gifts and talents to the best that you can. Yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. and you're right. Marketing is about relationships. Mm-hmm. People forget that. I think people think that marketing is about sales. Sales is yeah. that it's about relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And how do you create a narrative in that relationship that helps it grow in some way, shape or form? So that's what you guys are doing right now. Like you're building those relationships yeah. and then you're bringing your whole self to that table. So you're bringing your faith, which is a very valuable and important part of your life. And I would argue that it's part of everyone's life. Um, even yeah. people say they're atheists, I say it takes a lot of faith to be an atheist. Um, <laughs> right. Um, so everyone's got some core set of beliefs that they have. And what you're doing yeah. is inviting people to the conversation that includes respects and honors your core set of beliefs. Um, and for me, the special thing about Christianity is that when you look at the nature of God in Christianity, um, he's all about relationship. 
like even the yeah. name of God in Genesis, Elohim, is you know three different words combined together into one. That's relationship. You know, you think of Trinity. That's relationship. You watch how Jesus mentored and modeled. It was all about relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know what I mean. They're they're about relationship. Why do you go there? You can get coffee at your house. A lot cheaper, yeah. a lot easier. Yeah, true. But you go there for a relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with the Trinity, it's like I was like the you know God, the Son, the Spirit. They all have like a outward relationship towards each other um, and communication, which shows like just we are like we are um, we are meant to have relationships. Like we're a very relational re- relational being in general um, from our Creator and. Um, yeah, I think that's really cool. Like, I mean, really, we go to coffee shops because there's other people, like you said, to have a cup of coffee and talk to other people. And I mean, yeah, I think it's like bringing your faith into business. One, even if you try not to, you're going to. Like, yeah. it's literally impossible because you're going to have your biases with, with your beliefs. That's that's what makes you. So being like almost if you're upfront and honest with it, then people have a better understanding of you and your company and maybe how it's ran or how to work with you. So it's like, I don't, I don't know why people have such a um, negative connotation to like being open and honest about your faith and say, just like bring it into business. Cause you already are like, there's no way you're not somehow being biased or whatever within how either your company's ran or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, for me, it's like, it's really helped even the last like few weeks. So like I was super stressed about stuff because I was like personally just like loading it on my shoulders. And I was like, I got to do this. I got to get this done type thing. And I realized it's like, I was watching some sermon and it's it literally said, I was like, until you let go of your stress, uh, and give it to God, um, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm like, well, shoot. <laughs> All right. I guess that made that pretty clear, huh? <laughs> um, and it was kind of funny in a way because as soon as I did that, like this last few weeks, I felt um, so much less stressed. And some of these deals that I was looking forward to whenever they were going to go through are starting to go through. And I'm like, Man, dude, you uh, <laughs> you are very interesting. <laughs> um, so it's just like even in those ways of bringing your faith within business, right, is extremely fruitful and extremely helpful. Be just because it's like you got to live what you preach, and I mean that's within business too, right? So if you're not bringing that in, like I wasn't bringing that in, you know, um, for a little while because I was building up that stress and. Obviously, if somebody asked me, like, they're super stressed, what I would tell them would probably be like, have you talked to God about it? Have you, you know, released that to God? Have you given that to God? And yet, I wasn't doing that myself. Yeah, Uh, definitely. I feel that. Yeah, stress often is when we feel like we are (laughs) incapable or inadequate in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. um, One, everyone's got imposter syndrome. Trust me. Like, you know, I've, I've spoken in front of a couple thousand people at one time and you asked me to speak in a small group of 20 people and I'm still like, really? Uh, <laughs> me? Uh, <you> know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then um, it, 
there's that phrase that people use all the time that, you know, God never gives you more than you can handle. And that's bull. Um, God always gives you and handle so that you can learn to rely on him. And oftentimes yeah. we're stressed. We're not relying on God to help us out. We're not relying on our faith to lead us into places that are beyond our capacity. Um, yeah. Yeah. And even like kind of what you're saying is I've always for the longest time when I f- figured that out, like God doesn't give you more than you handle. I did. I was like, I don't really agree with that. Cause I mean, when I was at first, I probably did. Yeah. But then I started thinking about it and I'm like, well, so I started like, I studied human physiology in college and really got into working out and stuff. And I'm like, well, that's not how even the human body works. Like you can't just like give it a certain thing and that's going to grow. So if we need to grow in relationship with God, we have to be put in comfortable conversations or situations for us to grow in our faith. We have to dig deeper, have to learn more. And the only way to do that is to have, like persevere essentially and be loaded with something more. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, God does allow us to get challenged and to get tested for those reasons to allow us to grow. And to your point, a lot of that probably is putting that stress or giving that stress to God and trusting God in those situations to help you get to that next step. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you were talking about like, is like what you would tell someone else, like just trust God and maybe pray about it. Like I'll say that, I'll say that stuff too sometimes. And like, we don't take our own advice in those situations. And it's like, <laughs> look in the mirror and say that again. Yeah. Like, yeah. No. And that's just like a simple way you can bring it into business. Like it doesn't have to be, I think when people like, I think right you were saying earlier, like it doesn't have to be like quote unquote a Christian product or service, right? It can be um, just how you act within business or who you are within business or how you you're known within your company or throughout other companies. So you mentioned like Christian movies earlier, and I you know freely expressed my opinion that most of them are garbage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and and like I feel that way a lot about like going to church conferences, right? Um, I don't know how many of those you've gone to, um, but like, yeah, I've gone to any. Not good, uh, usually. <laughs> like, good. Uh, <laughs> not, not that they're all bad, but it's like you know, like if I'm going to try to put on a, a conference with you know a church budget uh, to reach five thousand people, it's probably not going to be excellent. Uh, yeah. So um, I go to one called the Story Gathering in Nashville. And I now know the owner and the guy who puts it on and he's a great Christian guy. And all he does is he puts on the best um, conference for storytellers is was branded as mm-hmm. um, he puts on the best conference that a storyteller could put on. And yeah. he just brings his total self to that. And so as you get to know him, you realize he's a Christian. You realize that a lot of people, not all, but a lot of the people that, come to that stage are the best in their fields and they happen to be people of faith as well. Uh, yeah, that's cool. And and you learn that these people of high excellence do the, use their gifts that God's given them at high excellence and then use that as an avenue to reach people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, so like I think about what you guys are doing, if you're doing what you're doing at the most high excellence that God could give you for your gifts and talents, 
then you've been given a platform and an avenue to to share the gospel with. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do it the same way I do as a preacher, but you probably yeah. do it in more effective ways than I could to some people because mm-hmm. you're going to meet them with the niche and the need that they have. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, that makes sense. And you, you have that uh, connection over, you know, for that conference over still, storytelling, you have that ability to kind of talk in depth about storytelling, like your process of that mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, I'm definitely not a storyteller, so I have no idea what all that involves. Um, oh, but, but you are. Every coffee shop a- person is a storyteller. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> but you, you tell specific stories. Like, yeah, what's, that's in, right. what's in your coffee? What does it taste like? What are the notes? You know, tell me about yeah. why you have a ethically sustainable process, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're telling a single story over and over again. That's fair. That's a yeah, good point. Sure. There's a difference between, for example, like Travis is like, a um, yeah. he can create and weave like a narrative. He, he went to like journalism school and he create this yeah. big narrative. But like Ben, you always tell stories about like something you've experienced yeah. gone through. I mean, there's different levels yeah. of stories. That's a good point. I guess yeah. I, I think I had in my mind it was just like what more like Travis's type storytelling of um, creating that narrative or creating that. <laughs> you know, story versus just kind of almost, I guess a lot of like my stuff for storytelling would be like experiential mm-hmm. um, and just kind of sh- sharing my thoughts of how I felt in the time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so, as soon as we like talked about like Travis's way, like storytelling, I thought about um, Brayden. So Eric, our partner, Travis, he's, so he's like a journalism guy and, uh, and he's like very detailed with those things and can like just like try to analyze every single little thing mm-hmm. so when uh brayden was trying the beer last night he was like thinking what would travis write on untapped um i don't know if you know what untapped is but like yeah. he can write beers and stuff <laughs> and like <laughs> travis if you're watching we're definitely gonna make fun of you a little bit <laughs> yeah so um, in, buddy <laughs> it's this like when we I had uh, tried new beers with him. He'll be, I think I'm going out real quick. Hey, he'll, uh, sweet. He'll just take a sip of it and then be like, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then like type. Okay. He's like, be, like typing and nodding and then he'll like wait and he'll take another sip, think, and then like, yeah. And then it's like, <laughs> so he's like, it's, it's so cool. I, like, I definitely can't do that. Um, and it's it's unique yeah again coffee coffee's similar to that like you talked about untapped i i use that Um, yeah i'm a big bourbon county stout fan myself so uh, you know they all talk about the notes of those kinds of them Uh, and in the coffee shops that i like you know you can tell the difference in each variety of coffee and how it's it and even like the depth to which it's roasted. Is it roasted to the first crack? Is it roasted to the second crack? Is it roasted to bits because they don't know how to roast? Uh, <laughs> um, you know, for sure. Yeah. All of that influences how that coffee tastes, where it was grown influences how it was tastes. Um, and it tells its own story. And as you sit there and you sip on this coffee, and as you explain the nuance of it, maybe with somebody, you're still telling its story, but then you start interweaving your story in it. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. 
that's that's a good point. It's like when we are, you know, having someone try our coffee, and we're telling them the flavor notes and the story behind the company. And then when we start to weave in like the stories of us going down there on the farms, like slipping yeah. up over the mountains and stuff, <laughs> they get a lot more bought in. Because they're like, you guys are actually like doing this with them. And, you know, it's, they connect with it a lot better, I think. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that's true. And just like being able to showcase that we do have like direct relationships with these farmers is something unique and something that a lot of people don't really expect um, that we do have. And like Brayden, you said, they get surprised. We're like, oh, you're just down there? Like, really? Uh, that's crazy. Um, and they think it's so cool, which, yeah. And it does allow you to tell a deeper story because, I mean, even like the bean itself, it travels a long way to be able to get to where it needs to for that cup of coffee. And a lot of people have no idea of all the processing, the whole, um, what it takes to basically get it from that coffee cherry to a cup of coffee. And it, it does kind of, people do think it's really cool once they hear about it. Uh, just because it's a whole new world they had no idea about, and it seems um, so much bigger than they realized, I think. And, again, that mirrors the, the journey that most people have. Like, you start where you are, and you take a journey to get where you belong, right? Yeah. That, that coffee bean was either meant to grow a tree or become a beautiful cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And those journeys are different, but it's going to fulfill its journey. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. What's well, up, Mitch? <clears throat> I haven't seen you since college. Hope all is well, my dude. <laughs> so I guess um, what would be like kind of some words of advice for us as some like young business owners to move forward, like in our business, honoring God, but doing it in a way that comes to people where they are yeah. yeah one i mean as i've been saying use your skills with excellence you know again paul was a, a tent maker and a leather worker right it, he did it with excellence it's how he paid for his, his journey and his life uh, to be able to do what was most valuable to him his ministry right so you're gonna do what you've got your talents for to the best of your ability and that will enable you in faithfulness and um, and in opportunity both to be able to share that gospel, to, to share that good news. Um, don't be afraid of mixing the two, uh, but just don't make it a B movie, okay? Uh, since using that analogy. For sure. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. Yeah, make it good. Make it good. Um, yeah. Because people will see when you're trying too hard. That's really, that's why most people don't like the, the Christian movies. Because you're like, thou dost try too hard, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, just tell a great story. It just happens to come from yeah. a perspective. Definitely. Right? Yeah. It, it, like I told you, that conference, you know, I go to. Disney sends their Imagineers there. Why? Because it's a great conference. It just happens yeah. to have a Christian perspective the entire time. Yeah. For so, sure. Um, you can have the best coffee shop around and that will enable you. It'll give you more footing to be able to share this than anyone else. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you do that with excellence, you're going to see results. 
sure. and then then trust in the liminal space um, I don't know if you've heard that word before, but liminal space is the space between uh, where you are and where you're not yet at, right? So you have a vision for where you want this coffee shop to end up at, you know, this brand, uh, but you're not there yet, or else you want to be hustling and working so hard. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, same with me for church, right? I, yeah. I I show up at a church and it's not where I want it to be, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I love all the old saints that are there, but I want a multi-generational church, every church mm -hmm. I go to. And when it's multi-generational, it will, by its nature, become the right size to be sustainable, growing, and vibrant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm always caring about. Um, and so I'm going to, in that liminal space between where you are, where you want to be, where you're not yet, um, there's a lot of fearful steps. There's a lot of unknown steps. And that's where that releasing and trusting in God that he's going to put the next faithful step in front of you. And all you have to do is take the next faithful step and you'll see the results that you should see. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's really good. That is good. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Hmm. Look at that. Stuff to think over. <laughs> Hey, coffee should give you stuff to think over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, it's very true. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think we can kind of start to wrap this up. Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. yeah, I got a kid to take to school. You can hear him in the background. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. No. We don't want to take more of your time, but we uh, really appreciate you coming on and just talking about all this stuff over a cup of coffee. It's yeah. been really fun and enlightening. To just thank you thoughts, so well it's good to hear you guys' journey I, I, next time i'm up in the quad cities uh, which i love going up there i'll, I'll check you guys out for uh, sure sounds so good hopefully get a sit down and have a cup yeah. with you so, oh perfect yeah, sure. yeah definitely let us know when you're in town and we'll grab a cup of coffee awesome well perfect guys yep nice to meet you we will nice to meet see you. you later all right Bye. thanks eric have a good one <laughs>